This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. you must be prepared to go all the way because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead i want to get capone i don't know how to get him want to get capone here's how you get him he pulls a knife you pull a gun he sends one of yours to the hospital you send one of his to the morgue that's the chicago that's how you get capone hello and welcome back to dude looks like the 80s i'm your host rj mccready and that's right guys, you heard it in the clip. I'm going to be talking about Brian De Palma's iconic action-adventure movie, The Untouchables. But before we talk about the film, guys, before I grab my trench coat and my fedora and my shotgun, let's go back to the year in 1987 when this movie came out and we'll have a look at what other movies came out, um, what was in the charts, I'll do a retrospective, and we'll have a look at what was on TV. So, Ed McMahon, take us away. See you guys soon. Head big man, and you're listening to Dude Looks Like the 80s. And now, here's the 80s Hall of Fame. And welcome back, guys. So, the TV guide. Um, so, I'll start with what was on TV in 1987. You had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Everybody went crazy for that at the time, I seem to remember. Oh, and that went on to go and become a, um, a motion picture movie, which I seem to remember was quite big in 1990. Uh, you also had the Vietnam drama Tour Duty. Always seem to remember the Rolling Stones um, painting black song that started with that. And you also had uh, Star Trek The Next Generation uh, that came back onto TV. Uh, 
films that year, you had The Lost Boys, great movie. I'm going to have to cover that one day on the show. Uh, Lethal Weapon, Full Metal Jacket, Adventures in Babysitting, and Robocop. And the music that was out this year was um, Whitney Houston, I Get So Emotional. Some uh, you had Starship, nothing's gonna stop us now. And that went to the movie Mannequin, that was a big hit this year. Um, Madonna had Who's That Girl, and that was also another movie that she brought out that year. Kiss, Crazy Nights. Great song. One of Ricky Morgan's favourite bands. And T-Pow, China in the Hand. And that's it for the TV Guide guys, so I'm going to play a commercial, I'm going to play a trailer for the film, and then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about The Untouchable, so I will see you soon. Starburst fruit juice, a burst of refreshing fruit flavor for you. Flavored. Congratulations to the Bears from Channel 5, your exclusive Super Bowl station. This is the NBC Television Network. I grew up in a tough neighborhood. Sometimes reputation follows you. Robert De Niro is Al Capone. There is violence in Chicago, of course, but not by me, not by anybody I employ, and I'll tell you why, because it's not good business. Kevin Costner is Elliot Ness. I have sworn to put this man away with any and all legal means at my disposal, and I will do so. Sean Connery is Jimmy Malone. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's it, the Chicago way. You just joined the Treasury Department, son. Everybody knows what the booze is. The problem isn't finding it. Let's do some good! The problem is who wants to cross the pond. Somebody messes with me, I'm gonna mess with him. You carry a badge? Yes. Carry a gun. Get your hands in the air! You're all under arrest! You fellas are untouchable. Is that the thing no one can get to you? Hey, everybody can be gotten to. All right, then. 
drive him to the station. Anything happens, you shoot first. You understand me? Well, I'll tell you one more thing. You got an all-out price fight, you wait till the fight's over, one guy's left standing, and that's how you know who won. Just tell me, are you being careful? Careful as mice. I want to hurt the man Malone. I want to start taking the battle to him. I want to hurt Capone. This man can finger Al Capone. This man can put Capone behind bars. Well, what's the matter? Can't you talk with a gun in your mouth? You're not to prove your methods. Yeah? Well, you're not from Chicago. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. Pictures presents a Brian De Palma film. I have forsworn myself. I have broken every law I swore to defend. I have become what I beheld, and I am content that I have done right. You got nothing, nothing, and if you were a man, you would have done it now. Never stop fighting till the fight is done. The Untouchables. And welcome back guys. I say it every time, I mean the traders in the 80s were just awesome. Trader voice guy, didn't he pack a punch with those? So The Untouchables 1987, it's got a 7.9 on IMBD. It was backed by Paramount Pictures, had $25 million budget. And it did really, really well at the box office. It took in um, $100 million. And what can I say about this film? It's like the planets have aligned lightning in a bottle whatever you want to say Brian De Palma he's just done a fantastic job with this movie and not only did he do this film he had he's got a collection of other movies Phantom of Paradise Carrie The Fury Scarface I mean just to have one of those films as our director would be great but he's he's got so many um, as, a, as a building block um, he also went on to do um, Carlito's Way. And there's a little bit of trivia with Carlito's Way. There was a scene that he wanted to use for this film. Uh, I think it was a fight on a train scene. But he didn't use it. But he used it in Carlito's Way. So there's a first bit of trivia for this film. Let's take a look at the synopsis. So after building an empire with bootleg alcohol, legendary crime boss Al Capone rules Chicago with an iron fist. Though... Prohibition agent Elliot Ness attempts to take Capone down. Even his best efforts fail due to widespread corruption within the city's police force. Ness recruits an elite group of lawmen who won't be swayed by bribes or fear, including Irish-American cop Jimmy Malone. Ness renews his determination to bring Capone to justice. Truth, justice and the American way, eh? <laughs> there you go. Guess the movie. But that's it guys, you know, this that's what I like about this film. It is a straightforward plot but it's executed so well. And it really is one of those movements. It is the um, good guys versus the bad guys and that is it. And that's what you're getting basically for two hours. The film stars Robert De Niro, Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, who actually won an Oscar for this film. Andy Garcia, he puts in a fantastic performance. It's almost like uh, Steve McQueen has possessed him somehow. And Billy Drago, who is just creepy as hell in this movie. 
So let's just talk about Robert De Niro. He was such a method actor that he actually um, went to the original tailors for Al Capone. He did all his um, costume design. He also sourced out some relics that belonged to Al Capone, something like wine bottles or something like that, just to sort of get into the sort of method of the acting. And you know what? With Robert De Niro in this movie, every time I watch it, it's like it's not Robert De Niro. I just sometimes I, I forget it's him. He, he acts the role so well as Capone. The only other actor I can compare this to who put in a performance like this is the late Hef Ledger as the Joker. Whereas when I watch that film, I just I just don't see that as Heath Ledger. I see him as the character. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing act, um, for an actor to actually do that on the screen. And um, one other thing I forgot to mention was um, Giorgio Armani supported all the uh, costume design for this movie, uh, which is pretty cool. But let's start this movie off. So it starts off with a incredible um, score by Ernie A. Morricone. Um, and it really um, captures the emotion of the, of the movie. It sort of draws you right in as, as an audience. And then you've got the first scene of Al Capone. He's having a shave and he's um, being interviewed by reporters. And he's stating that he understands that there's violence in Chicago, but not by him. And that's not how he does business. So that's your first scene. And then you've got um, the scene where Al Capone's right-hand man, Billy Drago, his character called Frank Nitti, um, he's trying to sell alcohol. He's trying to get people to get into part of Al Capone's empire. But the shopkeeper says, no, I'm not interested. So a suitcase gets left behind. It's quite a horrible scene, actually. It's a, it's a little kid who um, comes out with a suitcase and it blows up. So straight away, the film has told you that this is this is it. This is how this is how the bad guys are, and you you you're already rooting behind Elliot Ness to think right. We want these guys stopped. So Elliot Ness, played by Kevin Costner, he um he takes over on the Treasury Department to deal with the uh, bootlegging in Chicago, and he's. In charge of the first operation, which is a raid on a warehouse where he thinks the alcohol is. You've got a really good scene here with the raid. Um, they've got a snowplow, they go in. But this is where you find out that there's corruption in the job in the, within the police force because the um, raid had already been tipped off. There's a scene where Elliot Ness opens up a crate and it looks like there's bottles of alcohol in there, but it turns out to be an umbrella. Elliot Ness feels downbeat about the operation and he goes home and he, on his way home he bumps into Malone which is uh, Sean Connery's character and this is where you got our first scene. Are you okay pal? I had a rough day on the job. Ah. Are you going home now? I was about to. Well then, you just fulfilled the first rule of law enforcement. Make sure when your shift is over, you go home alive. Here endeth the lesson. So Malone, who is equally fed up with the corruption in the police, um, joins forces with Ness and they recruit a Italian-American trainee, uh, George Stone, which is played by Andy Garcia. 
as I said earlier, Andy Garcia is just cool as ice in this movie. Um, and it's almost like he's uh, taken a leaf out of um, Steve McQueen's role where uh, he has little lines, but what he does say is effective. And he's, it's almost like it, it's the reactions in his face that kind of say it all. But he's absolutely brilliant in this film. So he's recruited and they're also joined by an accountant, Oscar Wallace, which is played by Charles Martin Smith. And they have formed the Alliance of the Untouchables to take down Al Capone and his bootlegging syndicate. They then conduct a raid on Al Capone's uh, liquor warehouse. And this is where Malone tells Ness that once you walk through this door, there's no turning back. And as a result of the raid, um, they start to gain public positivity and the press dubs them the Untouchables. But Al Capone has had a dent in his empire and you get this scene here i get nowhere unless the team wins jesus christ Whoa, that's bad. That's a bad scene. So there you go, guys. It's, um, uh, Elliot Ness has stirred a uh, hornet's nest with the um, untouchables. And as a result of this, um, Ness and the untouchables get um, offered a bribe from one of Al Capone's men, to which Elliot Ness refuses. Uh, Frank Nitti also tries to... Um, take out Elliot Ness's family, so they get taken into um, safekeeping. So our heroes are really on the chopping block here, and it's the film for me suddenly becomes a an, an isolation movie. Um, not that they're in a isolated location, but what I mean is, is that there's corruption in the police. Al Capone is very powerful, he owns half the city, and all you've got is these four people taking on the mad masses and like the odds are against them and you know this is this is very similar for me when i watch these films and when i think about it now it's a lot like um say like die hard and you've got john mcclain he's like on his own um it's a bit like dutch in the jungle taking on the predator he's on his own um it's a little bit outpost for anyone i'm gonna say it you know i mean i'm just saying what i've well, how I watch the this film, it's um, it's the same type of thing. It's um, that's why I mentioned the word um, isolation. You just got these four guys on their own, and they are trying to deal with it and um, trying their best to uphold the law. And I think that's what makes this film great because you really are rooting for them. The good guys are good, and the bad guys are bad. So in the next scene, uh, the Untouchables take on a shipment that comes into the canadian borders and they are helped by the uh, canadian mounties they take out some of the gangsters that are there there's a gunfight malone manages to capture one of al capone's uh, bookkeepers and you've got this scene here all right enough of this running shit oh georgie boy oh what have we got here hello huh 
So there's a pinnacle action point of the movie, and uh, Oscar Wallace gets to have his moment of becoming a badass, which he does with his shotgun. So they take the bookkeeper back to the uh, police station in Chicago as a safe house. But unfortunately, they get double-crossed by their own with the corruption in the police, and Oscar Wallace, uh, whilst escorting him in a lift, gets um, shot and killed by Frank Nitti, who's disguised as a police officer. It's just a really sad scene because Oscar has become such a big part of the Untouchables and unfortunately he dies. Um, so again, at this point in the movie, the the screws are really tying in on our heroes. Elliot Ness then throws his towel in and he goes to the Lexington Hotel to go and front out Capone by himself. And you've got this scene here. Something you want here? My friend was killed today. I don't care. You don't care. Ain't now he does. Come out here, Capone. You want to fight? You want to fight you and me right here? That's it. Come on. Somebody, you afraid to come out from behind your men? You afraid to stand up for yourself? You want to do it now? No. You want to yeah. go to mine now? Come on, you can't, son of a bitch. What? Easy. Oh yeah, what a great scene. And this is where Elliot Ness becomes a real hero. He's taken on the masses. He goes into that hotel and he goes up to Al Capone and he says, come on then, you and me right now. And I think out of all the things that Elliot Ness has done in this movie to Capone, this is the point probably where he's dented in the most because he knows, Capone knows that he's starting to lose a little bit of face now. And at this point in the movie, you realise that that scene at the beginning when um, Malone says to Ness, you know, how how far are you prepared to go? And he says, if one of them pulls a knife, he pulls a gun. If he wounds one of your men, you take him to the morgue. And you know what? Well, when you watch this film, that's exactly what's happened in this movie. That, that, that Those sets of uh, that sequence has aligned. So, of course, as a result of what's happened, um, Malone realises that the police chief has sold him out. And Malone goes home that night and Frank Nitti, um, wounds Malone in a gunfight. That's where they, um, Malone comes out with that famous scene where he goes, oh, bring a knife to a gunfight. But he goes out and unfortunately, it's another sad scene that Malone gets um, gets wounded. But before he dies, um, Ness and Stone turn up and Malone's last words are telling uh, Ness uh, the train time that um, Al Capone's head bookkeeper is going to arrive um, and then you've got this um, iconic scene when Ness and Stone are waiting for the bookkeeper to arrive and you get this scene here So Stone and Ness managed to prevent the bookkeeper from getting shot by the henchman and at the same time Stone managed to stop the pram from falling down the stairs and rescues the baby. So all in the line of duty right there, they sort it all out. It's quite a tense scene, it's quite an iconic scene that. So the bookkeeper testifies at Al Capone's trial and whilst at the trial, Elliot Ness noticed that Nitty's um, carrying a weapon on him. So the bailiff takes him outside of the court. He presents a permit. Um, but at the same time, he also presents a matchbox with Malone's address on it. So Elliot Ness puts two and two together and he un 
and he realises then that he's the man that killed Malone. Uh, this results in one of the final fight scenes of the movie. Um, Nitty kills one of the security guards and Ness um, gives chase where he follows him up to the rooftop and this is where you got the uh, classic scene where Nitty thinks that he's not going to, Ness ain't going to kill him because he's a police officer. And um, he says that Malone died like a stinking pig. Turns around, he's looking a bit smug. And uh, old idiot Ness sorts him out, he chucks him off the roof and that's it. That's his final showdown. So Elliot Ness returns to the courtroom and Stone informs him that he's also found another letter in um, Nitty's jacket pocket saying that the judges have been paid off. So he gets to switch the judges and as a result of that the the new judge um, finds Al Capone guilty of tax evasion and puts him away for 11 years and all of a sudden Al Capone's face has just gone from being very smug to getting a bit punchy and cool and you've got this scene here never stop never stop fighting till the fight is done what do you say what do you say I said never stop fighting till the fight is done what you heard me Capone it's over get out of here you're nothing but a lot of talking a bitch here ended the lesson and there you go um, I think uh, Al Capone in real life he went away for 11 years in Alcatraz that's where I think he spent his last days I believe um, but in the movie uh, Elliot Ness goes back to his office he shakes Stone's hand and um, thanks him for what he's done for him with you know putting Capone away and gives him um, Malone's St. Jude necklace saying he would have wanted a real cop to have it and then the film closes with Elliot Ness uh, walking out onto the streets of Chicago and the news reporter coming up to him saying that the ironically the prohibition has been lifted and what he's gonna what is he gonna do and he says well I think we're gonna go and have a drink and that's it and that's how the film closes and that's the end of the review of the movie but I will I will just end on a little bit of trivia before I go, Bob Hoskins was offered the role of Al Capone before Brian De Palma got um, Robert De Niro on board. Brian De Palma, in his mind, he really, really wanted Robert De Niro. He was, he had his heart set on him. He didn't think uh, Robert De Niro was going to be able to make it. But um, kind of in kindness to Bob Hoskins, he, he still paid him the money that he was going to offer him. So. Um, Bob Hoskins said that if you've got any more jobs for me as an actor that you don't want me to do, just let me know. So I think uh, I think Bob Hoskins would have been good in the role. Um, I guess we it's one of those cases where you just don't know. But De Niro, as I said before, he just blew blew it out of the water. Other actors who were in line to play Elliot Ness was, in actual fact, Don Johnson. Uh, believe it or not, he actually turned the role down. Could you imagine that? That would have been a different movie. Uh, you also had um, people like Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, even Nicolas Cage. Could you imagine that? Nicolas Cage playing Elliot Ness. I can just hear the guys from the Haunted Hill podcast saying something about that now. But, um, but guys, yeah, hopefully 
Um, hope you're enjoying the show. I will be returning with some bonus episodes for the month of Halloween. I'm going to be looking at doing Friday the 13th part 6, as I said on the last episode. And for episode number 9, I've decided to do Return of the Living Dead. It's a fun episode. I think it'll be a good one to talk about. Um, so that will be um, dropping in the month of October. And I will end the episode with the end credit song from The Untouchables. And I will see you guys soon. Bye.